Hi everyone, I'm Haley Griffiths and this is the Science of Social Media, a podcast by Buffer, your weekly sandbox for social media stories, insights, experimentation, and learning. Welcome to episode number 105. I'm Brian Peters and this week we're going old school. Well, not totally. We're going new school with some old school flair. Remember all the stuff that used to work on social media? Well, some of it still does and quite effectively, I might add. Yes, really excited for this one, Brian. I think we all get caught up in thinking about what's next on social media, and we forget that some of the tactics that helped us once are still very relevant today. So let's kick off the show. There are few greater joys in a marketer's life than experimenting with a new technique and having it work like a charm. So you get to feel like a cross between a scientist, an artist, a magician, right, Brian? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I couldn't agree more with that one. And as many of us do, after a little celebrating, of course, we officially add the new tactic to our marketing repertoire and then start searching for the next thing to experiment with. But because you're always looking forward, you might not notice that technique that worked so well in the beginning has now become, dare I say, obsolete. Might have been. But with that in mind, we took a look back at the strategies and tactics that we used a few years ago to see if they still worked on social media. And what follows are eight old school social media tactics that are still as relevant as ever in 2018. So are you ready, Haley? I'm ready. Let's get this show on the road. (laughs) All right. Tactic number one, having real meaningful interactions and conversations with your followers. Remember social media before there was a tool for every single one of your your needs? Back when gaining just 100 followers on Twitter and having a single conversation was a huge milestone, I certainly remember that. Well, believe it or not, real conversations and interactions are more important than ever on social media today. I completely agree. Automation has made our lives so much easier and our marketing so much more effective, but that also means a personal touch goes a lot further these days. As our colleague and blog editor Ash Reed once said in an article, quote, it feels amazing to know that our favorite brands and personalities value our support. And sometimes all it takes to show that is a personal message, end quote. This strategy definitely requires more time, energy, and resources than setting up an automated message to new followers or fans, but it is so worth it in the long run. Yeah, I 100% agree. And that's been one of the cornerstones for us at Buffer on social media over the years. And it has led to an incredible amount of word of mouth marketing. Old school tactic number two, focusing on creating memorable and shareable content. We talk about this a lot here on the show. And yes, it's fairly obvious, but I think that this one is what has always made social media so great. You want people to engage with your content because Well, they want to. With that in mind, focus on making it as shareable as possible. Yeah, so get this. A recent analysis of 65,000 articles found that a piece of or a piece of content's virality comes down to two main factors, arousal and dominance. And that sounded a bit strange, (laughs) just just saying, but in plain English, arousal means riled up, right? And then feelings like anger and excitement are both high arousal emotions. Dominance, on the other hand, is a feeling of being in control. When you're inspired or joyful, you're experiencing high dominance. When you're scared, you're experiencing low dominance. Articles that perform the best on social media use a high arousal, high dominance combo. And you're probably wondering what that would look like. Well, here's a throwback post for you. There was a photo of Vin Diesel with his daughter that racked up 8.1 million interactions, making it the fifth most popular Facebook post of 2015. Thanks to the strong, positive emotions that it generated. 
but strong negative emotions can be powerful too. So take the Dove Choose Beautiful campaign. That social campaign put a spotlight on low self-esteem, but it turned out to be extremely successful. Yeah, I definitely remember that campaign. It was a good one. Moving on to tactic number three, use influencers and partnerships to expand your reach. So before influencer marketing was one of the hottest topics in social media, brands and marketers were partnering up to amplify their social reach. That tactic is still alive and thriving today, and we actually use it all the time here at Buffer. The key here is to think quality, not quantity, when it comes to influencers and partnerships. Before you team up on a social takeover article or research study, ask yourself, will this truly benefit my audience? And if the answer is yes, then you're in good shape. That means that their content or expertise is an optimal fit for your audience, so you'll benefit whether or not the influencer promotes it. And you also want to make sure that your content will benefit their audience as well. Exactly. So when both parties in the partnerships are genuinely excited and passionate about the project, it will go so much further than if you're, you know, forcing it for the sake of just collaborating. Your audiences will be able to see right through it as well. Seek out potential partners that have an active, engaged audience as well as a great reputation in the industry. Both of those factors are key things to have going in. On to old school tactic number four, and that's repurposing top performing evergreen content. We actually just had the pleasure of speaking with the team over at Ahrefs, and they shared some great insights on how they're doing social media strategy. And this was one of their top tips. Sometime in March this year, they decided to run what they call a recirculation experiment, where they decided to dust off their underutilized social accounts and lightly repurpose their top performing content from over the years in quirky and fun posts. Yeah, what was interesting is that they said to make things easier, they didn't set any hard KPIs or goals. They just wanted to highlight cool stuff that they might have missed and see how things went from there, which I think it's okay sometimes not to have like massive goals for everything you do on social. Turns out plenty of these posts were really well received and performed very well. Initially, they were simply aiming to see if there were any changes in the number of people who liked or shared their content. And guess what? You guessed it. The data instantly confirmed that what they were hoping to see, a definite boost in overall engagement and link clicks. I love that. This one is super important because as marketers and businesses, we spend a ton of time, energy, and money to create content, and then it's on to the next thing. And what we forget is that a lot of the content we create still has a ton of life in it. All it takes is a quick update to make sure that everything is still relevant and some brainstorming on ways to repurpose and repackage the content. Yeah, great point. And we talk about this a lot, but you know, I think, what is the stat? Only one to 2% of your audience sees your content across social media. So yeah, 98% chance that you're going to reach someone new and, uh, and repurposing might involve experimenting with new headlines or creating a video to accompany the post or even creating a podcast. Hey, episode <laughs> from it. So many ways to get the most out of your content. On to tactic number five, and that's share for a benefit share for a benefit. As we chatted about last episode, giving your audience an incentive to interact with your content is an old school way of generating engagement that still works in 2018. Going back to our friends over at Ahrefs, they wanted to figure out a way to get a thousand retweets on Twitter and increase brand awareness around their product at the same time. So what they did is they had their founder and CEO tweet out something along the lines of, hey, we'll increase limits on standard Ahrefs plans if this tweet gets a thousand retweets. And it was super sly because they were going to increase the limits either way, but they wanted to figure out a fun way to draw some attention to that fact. Yeah. You know, Haley, you're a PR professional. I mean, was that a good move? I think that was that was awesome. Yeah, and and there's an interesting part of that story as well. The initial tweet, uh, the initial tweet only collected about 100 retweets, 
Well, you know, which is good given that Dimitri, this founder and CEO, doesn't really have a large following on Twitter. Uh, so to give it a little boost, they pushed it out to their user users via intercom announcement and also shared it in their private Facebook group. Uh, just total side note here shows the power of private Facebook groups that ended up boosting the retweet count to nearly 700. Funnily enough, at this point, the tweet jumped up another 500 retweets in no time at all and totaled almost 1,300 retweets. They were joking that they suspected that someone lost his or her patience and purchased retweets on a service like Fiverr or something. (laughs) Either way, they made good on their promise and it was a success on both social media and for their customers. That's that's great stuff. I didn't even know you could buy retweets. I don't think you should. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. From Brian and Haley, do not buy retweets. Unless you have to. No, I'm just kidding. All right. (laughs) Last but not least, old school tactic number six, television advertising. I know, I know you're probably thinking, but Brian, social media isn't television. What in the world could you mean? That is exactly what we were thinking, Brian. (laughs) (laughs) So avid listeners of our show might remember episode number 101, where we talked about IGTV and how that's really becoming the new norm for television. Well, that is still the case, but platforms like YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook have long been a go-to place for people to go catch up with their favorite influencers, miniseries, and now shows. Exactly. And so advertising in general is super old school on social media, but one, it still works, obviously. And two, brands now have the opportunity to sort of view social media as the modern day television. That means uh, you can create pre-roll ads on YouTube, ads on Instagram stories, and eventually ads on IGTV, because you better believe that those are going to be a huge part of Instagram moving forward. Definitely. And while many brands treat social media users and TV viewers as if they are two separate audiences, posting television content to YouTube is an excellent way to increase the reach of existing campaigns. For example, Super Bowl commercials like Mountain Dew's Puppy Monkey Baby became a viral (laughs) phenomena by hitting both platforms. And I'm sure that you've seen the great commercials that Grammarly runs on YouTube. Those are awesome and they have been wildly successful for them. Love it. Does that mean we're all TV advertisers now? I think it, it means we could be. <laughs> sign, sign me up. Sign me up. Uh, one last takeaway here is to remember that while implementing these old school tactics, continue to test and refine your approach to find the criteria you want to measure at the outset of your new campaign, whether the goal is brand awareness or increased sales or set KPIs, uh, or maybe it's just to see how it goes. Um, just make sure to follow and measure your success against those numbers or what you set out to do. Then get creative. Thank you for tuning in to the Science of Social Media today. The show notes for this episode are always available in either iTunes, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. We will include links to all of the resources that we covered in today's show there. And if ever you want to get in touch with me or Brian, we're always here for you on social media. Use the hashtag Buffer Podcast and we will see your tweets. And you can also come say hi to us anytime over at hello at buffer.com. And as always, our little plug here at the end of the show for people who actually make it this far. I actually am curious about anybody who's really listening to this part of the show. I tune Uh, off a lot of podcasts near the end, if I'm being totally honest. I don't know how many people would still be listening right now. No, probably not many. send us tweets if they are. (laughs) It's it's probably the people actually reviewing our show on iTunes. It is probably those people. And we love them. We're going to send you a big old virtual hug right now (laughs) yes and just want to say thank you for your itunes reviews if you're still listening it's so awesome to read through all of them i just checked we're up over 130 now and i think we set our goal at 200 so almost there we're making it uh we're almost there yeah don't miss next week's episode where we will be diving into the psychology behind social media and what makes people take action on different social media channels so until next monday everyone 